Hey guys, ML here. If you're looking to start a podcast, start with Buzzsprout. If you let them know we sent you through the link below, you get, when you sign up for a paid plan, you get a $20 Amazon gift card. How cool, right? You get free money for signing up to get your podcast started. So Buzzsprout gets you the show listed every major podcast platform that you need. That's Amazon, that's Google, that's Alexa, every place. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio plays that you can drop into your own website, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episode, and so much more. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Just wanted to let you know and share the love. Devon Dragon Radio. I'm your host, ML Rieschock. We're brought to you today by Guardian Sunglasses. So cool. So, and we're here with special guest, Bob Elbow. Welcome. Thank you. Now you have a couple books out, but what got you started into writing? Um, that's a good question. I just for whatever reason, I've always had these ideas, but I was never much of a uh, writer. So I sort of journaled while I was working. And then about uh, five years ago, I decided I'd put together a little pamphlet. Uh, it was a metaphysical type of pamphlet. <laughs> I'm not sure anybody would want to read it other than myself, but that was my beginning. And then uh, from there, uh, maybe two years ago, I really focused on writing, uh, did some classes, read some books, and then uh, put together a uh, idea for a series. And so it's a total of uh, three books and I finished the first one and uh, we'll release the second one shortly. Awesome. And the first book is her dark matter necklace. Is that correct? That's right, yes. So what is the series going to be about, roughly? Uh, well, it's, um, it's a young, young girl, teenage girl, and she uh, is a little in... Uh, she went to an uh, elite high school. Uh, she never feels that she deserves to be there. And what ends up happening is a... Uh, a supernatural force uh, selects her to save the world. <laughs> and so it's the story of her growing uh, and uh, trying to fulfill her destiny. Awesome. I mean, what book wouldn't be complete without a supernatural being and a savior, right? <laughs> yes. yes. So we have three yeah. books coming yeah, up. Yeah, you know, it's, it's been funny because uh, since I've been reading, I've been going back to a lot of the uh, old 
ancient mythologies. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly what you just said. It's, uh, it's kind of been the way we've always written books. I th don't think it's as popular now, but in ancient times, I would say the majority of the writing was in that way. So it's been it, uh, it was kind of an interesting insight. Well, if you take a look at any of your science fiction, your fantasy, that whole genre, it doesn't matter how far back you go, there's an outside force, good, evil, extraterrestrial something, outside yeah. force that forces a person, either human or another race that's on another planet that we don't know about, and chooses that one person to be the hero. <laughs> yep, yep, no, that's true. So it's how we do the hero story is the basic storyline that we know today. Yeah. So other than this one series, are you looking for other books to write? Are you, what's your goal here? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think I'll start with the series mm -hmm. and uh, I have a publisher, so that's, that's good. Um, I don't know if it will be successful or not. Um, and it's kind of that decision, is it a hobby or is it a career? I really do like writing and I just don't know where it's going to go. Uh, and it's, <laughs> that's, you know, even, even we a simple- We never know where our writing's going to go. We never right. write to write, hey, I'm going to write this and I know it's going to sell me X amount of copies and I'm only doing it for the money. If you're doing it that way, you're not a successful person. <laughs> no, and I, yeah, absolutely right. And I'm even, I even have a stranger way of doing things. I, I start the book and I don't know where it's going to go, which is completely alien to the way I've always worked, which is you put together an outline, you know how things will go. But when I'm writing, it's so creative. Uh, I just don't know where it's going to go. It goes, go that way, that way. And it's been really a fascinating uh, experience, the whole writing process. Yeah, see, as an author, I can't outline anything. I might have, okay, ah. I need to have a war in here. I need the, this person to die somewhere in the story. And I need this person to be alive and the savior at the end of the book. Other than that, all the details are just organic as I write. Right, and that's been and that's been one of the really interesting things for uh, more of you know I'll call it more an artistic process. Mm -hmm. It's just it's that subconscious of yours that just kind of flows, and you're not sure where it's going to go. And you and in fact, if you try to constrain it with, uh, in my view, if you try to constrain it with rational thought, you're actually going to start losing things. So it's better to go in with that uh, open attitude and mm -hmm. see where it. Where it goes. Yeah, you don't want to restrict your creative side. That's the right. one thing as an author you don't want to do. If you go in and say, okay, here's every little detail, now I have to write it, what you're doing is going to give yourself writer's block. Yeah, well, I haven't, <laughs> I guess it's a good thing I haven't had that yet. <laughs> oh, we all get there, trust me. I'm <laughs> sure I will. Yes. Book one or book 17, you will get there eventually. <laughs> yeah. So, but you didn't start off writing. You, if I'm reading this right, you actually have a little bit of dyslexia. I did, yes. Um, so it was, it was interesting as a kid. I mean, 
I mean, it's not terrible, so I don't want to overstate it, but I really had a difficult time reading. And even I still remember reading pages in school and not remembering anything when at the bottom of the page. Uh, so I think because of that, I really moved away from any sort of uh, anything that had to do with writing or reading. So like history, uh, English, all those social sciences, I just did not do or tried to avoid. And the, where I ended up going was all in the science and math because that was just more simple ideas right. uh, or concepts. And that I could do very uh, quite easily. And you know, maybe a, what I should have probably done in hindsight is to work harder at the areas that I was weak in. But you know, over time, uh, somehow I just was able to overcome that uh, problem. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it is interesting because I think this is true for everyone. Uh, what I've found is that I'm actually a very good proofreader now because where before I might invert letters mm -hmm. in words, uh, now I don't, I, I really have to focus so much on that that I don't make those silly mistakes. Well, that's and so I can catch those things. Yeah, wonderful it's because strength. of that training. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, isn't that true? Your weaknesses become your strengths and your strengths are often becoming your weaknesses. Sometimes. They are. I mean, if you look at anything, if we nurture our weakness, they then become our strength because we have to work so hard to overcome whatever the weakness is that we don't allow ourselves to go back to that point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, you can do that with health. You can do that with dyslexia. You can do that. Any weakness that you have, you can overcome. You just have to mm -hmm. work for it. Yeah. And then you're probably, prob you're probably envious of the people that don't have to work hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you think back on in school, you say, boy, that person was so good at that or this. You say, I wish I could have done that. But in, in, in the long in term. School, it, yeah. In school, yeah. you get so envious. Oh, this person doesn't have to study in their straight A's. This person doesn't have to work hard in their captain of the sports team. Well, we don't always see what they're struggling with, though. Yeah, yeah, we always see their strengths. We never see their weakness because they hide it. By the time you get to an adult, then they can't hide it no more between, you know, high school sports and whatever else. They have to learn to live with the weakness. And that's when we mature. Right. And in fact, to that point, uh, a lot of times the people that where things came really easy, like they did really well in school, once the competition ramps up, they have difficulty competing, like it, whether it be in sports in college or let's say even academically in college. So actually overcoming the hardships is a really a good thing that people, if you can get that exposure, which <laughs> fortunately I had a lot of that when I was young. Oh, I uh, in the long term, it's a good thing. Yes, long term going to your weakness, going to your struggles, whatever it is, you can have a horrible home life. If you're overcoming it, you're actually a better adult later on. Yeah. So we have her dark matter necklace is already out. When are we expecting the sequel to come out? Well, actually, so the, the first book that her dark matter necklace um, is going to be re-released with the new publisher. So that's going to be coming out at the end of the month. Uh, in the new form. 
And uh, then the next book, um, which is called A Cry for Beauty is coming out. So it's already pretty well written and ready, but got to have a certain time frame. So it'll probably be coming out at the end of summer. Awesome. Now, I always love to give shout outs to our publishers because without publishers, we wouldn't be here. So who is publishing you? Uh, Aaron Yeagle um, is the person and it's um, Vizia is the publishing company. Awesome. See, I just like giving them shout outs, show them some love because even though we do an author interview for one of their authors, they also have others that we can Google and look up. Yep. And in fact, to that point, um, you know, they're trying to uh, build a new genre of book called visionary fiction. Okay. And it was something that I had never even heard of, uh, but it just so happened to fit my book fit quite well into that. So visionary fiction, I think would be like Elon Musk in 25 years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just to say, yeah. you know, we we pull out a name that we know and we all see the memes of his future, you know, whatever that people make. <laughs> we, you know, Tesla taking over the world or Mars or something like this. And but is a vision. We strive to get there. Jetsons is visionary fiction, basically. Right. Uh, so the, where the change would be with Elon Musk is, uh, so he's obviously does a lot with technology and he's just an amazing individual, but where the visionary would be is if he uh, found a connection to a greater purpose, purpose. not to go to, not to go to Mars, <laughs> but to, uh, you know, as in, you know, for my book, it's to bring beauty into the world. So mm -hmm. in that case, it's more love and compassion mm -hmm. and, um, and actually the different, you know, the fine arts um, right. or any type of art. So if Elon is very uh, obviously focused on the technology side and mm -hmm. you know, he's an amazing person, but if he was to really do the visionary fiction, <laughs> he would probably uh, expand into a few new dimensions. Yeah, I mean, I just pulled a name that we all know. I mean, yeah. if you haven't heard the name before, you've been under a rock, let's, let's submit it. So it's a name we know. We've all seen at least one or two memes uh, that some cartoonist has done. So, you know, it's just there. It's just something I, I seen today. So yep. it's out of my head. <laughs> yep. But we do need to bring in some of this visionary fiction into reality. We need to bring more love and peace and the arts into reality right now. We need yep. to get back to basics to go back to not an utopia because that's never going to happen as we are so divided right now. But we do need to use art to teach people how to be human. I couldn't agree with more. Yes. <laughs> I'm a little wordsy. I'm an author. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I like that. I like that. It does take me a while to get to the point, but yeah, no, we, I often say this, we need to more of the arts to teach how to be human. We forget humanity in society. Right. And the, the, the other thing that I, that I do, uh, there's also that bigger purpose. So humanity is 
obviously related to humans, but then is there a bigger purpose in the universe that's much that's broader than humanity? So that's the other piece and you know, how do humans then fit into that? Because I don't think, yeah. <laughs> you know, we used to think that the world revolved around earth, uh, but I don't think we think that anymore or most people think that anymore. And uh, you know, we're peace. The same most people. What's that? Yeah, yeah. well, there, there are probably <laughs> some, but you know, we, uh, we're part of a bigger picture and it would be nice if, and I personally believe there is a bigger purpose and then to understand our, our piece of that. Yes, I mean, we all have a higher purpose. We all have a higher calling. It's not just a nine to five job and that's it. We all have something inside of us to contribute to society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the society and to the world more broadly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we need more artists, we need more visionaries, we need more people that can show us how to do something without telling us how mm -hmm. to do something. Yep. Yeah. And that's why fiction is so great for teaching people because we can go to another planet, we can create a new new world and go, okay, we're gonna put in this social dysfunction. People will laugh at it, but the ones that have a higher calling will say, oh, we need to fix this within our own society. Yeah. And you know, the other thing I think with fiction is that it can even make evident things in our real world that are just so amazing and unusual that uh, you just say there's got to be something more. And you just ask these questions. Um, you know, for example, I'll just give one example. And I use this in the book. Um, you know, the universal constant for gravity. So, you know, I can have a little bit of a science background. But it turns out if it was a little bit larger or a little bit smaller, uh, just a little bit less than 1% difference from what it is, the universe would never exist. And so we're not talking about a different universe or a different life. We're talking about no universe, no life, because if it was stronger, the universe would have gone boom and then imploded. <laughs> mm -hmm. If it was a little lighter, a little weaker, it would have just expanded out. So, you know, the question is, okay, so why was it perfect? Why was it absolutely perfect? And so that was, that's just one example you start think, think, thinking, you know, that's been a fact. Uh, people, mm -hmm. science, some scientists explain it away by talking about a multiverse. So we have an mm -hmm. infinite number of universes and we just happen to be in the right one. But others, you just go, okay, well, that's kind of coming up with an explanation to <laughs> justify a position in my view. And that, that's just one question. I mean, there's, there's just so many different things in our universe and even in humanity that we see. Uh, you know, another example is like uh, Homo sapiens, humans have been around for 200,000 years. And yet for 180,000 years, we did nothing. We were just animals effectively living in herds. And there wasn't any change in our brain or anything. We were still human sapiens. And yet 20,000 years ago, uh, something happened. And since then we've made all the advancements so that, uh, you know, where we get people- Where we are moving. today. What's that? Where we are today with all the advancements. Yeah. But that, what that was the happened. event that 
changed everything. Are exactly. we there yet? It was only 20,000 years ago. Physically, yeah. we're the same as 200,000 years ago. So 90% of our history, we do nothing. We're just herd animals. And in the last 10%, we have this monumental change. So what, what, what happened? What, what, what? Nobody can explain what the difference is because they say, oh, we're genetically the same, but there's something else that's going on. So that's just, those are some of the, the facts in our world that I don't think most people necessarily appreciate, but it's fun then to take those facts mm -hmm. and to bring them into a fiction fictionary world. Right. That's when we go back 20,000 years and introduce aliens for the first time. Or, <laughs> you yeah, know, you could. Yeah, you could. I don't. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, we could. could do that. I mean, yes. it's not something we will do, but we could. Or but we you... introduce another realm and there's magic or, you know, we don't know in science, in real science, what happened 20,000 years ago to advance to where we are today. Right. Right. And then the nice thing is then we can explain why it happened. You know, mm -hmm. you can speculate on why it happened. It may not be true, but the underlying fact is true. So it's right. just so even if people don't believe the speculation, they still might question and be amazed by the underlying fact. And so there's there's a lot of I, I think I have like five or 10 of these different things throughout the book that you know, I explain <laughs> whether or not you believe it or not, that's, that's fine, but it is a fact and uh, it is interesting. Yeah. I mean, you can go back. This is, I love going back to historical fiction because we take a historical event, yeah. like hmm, we'll go with World War II and then we change it to a fictional put in red skull or something from dc or marvel and then you change it and all this happened because of this fantasy whatever yep exactly we yep. take yeah. a real event but at the same time since we don't know the facts or the facts have been altered already we just alter them make a completely different universe yeah yeah. And, and actually, I love reading <laughs> that type of fictional history, too. I think it's really fascinating. It's, it's interesting because I used to just read nonfiction. I was mm -hmm. just only interested in facts. Right. And then recently I've gotten much, well, obviously, I've always liked science fiction, but much more into historical fiction and things like that. Well, I have a very elaborate taste in reading. You know, we have the historical fiction when you need just a little bit of reality in your world you have the science fantasy when you need science brought back to your brain <laughs> or you have your nonfiction, which is for everything else yep yep and and actually the the non-fiction helps me on the fiction side so <laughs> right. you have to research i mean how much research do you do for your books uh well again I probably spend maybe half the time on the research and it's funny because I don't, again, I, because I don't know where the, the book is going to go. My research is all over the place. Um, you know, going back to the example of uh, the uh, Homo sapiens, you, you know, at the time 20,000 years ago, when Homo sapiens were around, there were a lot of other humans or uh, humanoid like uh, Neanderthals and they, Neanderthals were actually bigger, stronger, and smarter. They had bigger brains than Homo sapiens, and yet obviously they were wiped out. 
probably by Homo sapiens. And you, you just, it was interesting because some of the ideas that I had is whatever the tweak was, it hit Homo sapiens, but it didn't hit the Us. Neanderthals. Yeah. Yeah. And you go, okay, so, uh, so then you, those are some of the, the, uh, the things. And, you know, they were doing cave dwelling or cave drawings, mm -hmm. uh, both, both species. So there was something that was very similar, but then there was something very, very different. Mm -hmm. And, and so those are the, that's when you start going into the, 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 the facts and then you make up the reason, <laughs> I guess, is what ends up happening. No, it, we, we all do it. I mean, every author out there makes up facts eventually, except yeah. for nonfiction, and that has to be 100% fact. But at the same time, we know there's tweaks out there. There's things that happen that we don't know, we can't explain. So, hey, as a fantasy author, these are little tweaks or anything, we can expand in so many ways. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But we are almost out of time. So where can our listeners and our viewers find you? Uh, well, probably the easiest would be on my website, which is uh, bobalbo.com. Um, or Facebook, same thing, Bob Elmo. Awesome. And for all our viewers and our listeners, happy reading. <laughs>